When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another special edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. It is Thursday. I'm your host, Kian Sabani, joined by Matt Wilsey. We are doing episode two, about episode two of the Beckham documentary. Matt Wilsey is furious with me that I haven't finished the doc yet. He logged on thinking we're going to talk about episode three, four. We're only at episode two so far. He finished it, binge watched the day one because he loves David Beckham, obsessed. I'm pacing myself. Uh, It's a lot. It's a lot to ask uh, someone my age, Matt, to binge watch something. There's a lot going on. You only have one kid. I have two kids. Uh, You're youthful. You're exuberant. Uh, I'm not. So just bear with me and be patient with me, Matt. As I go through the Beckham documentary, we'll break this down into at least a third segment, possibly a fourth uh, match, much to Matt's dismay. But Matt is back. We did episode one already. That's on the feed. Matt, welcome back. How you doing? You got me laughing. You got me laughing. I think fair enough. Fair enough on your uh, on your reasons for not uh, finishing the series so far. <clears throat> I'll say my, my son goes to bed at seven, so I get a nice little window there to uh to do some free time some things in free time and of course i made sure to knock out this beckham doc my sons go start the process of bedtime around 7 seven thirty, but it can be like a two-hour process an hour yeah. yeah they gotta go and jump on each other's beds for like 30 minutes they gotta <laughs> they gotta ask for the bedtime snack they gotta say i'm hungry i have to use the bathroom they prolong the process as much as possible um <laughs> So the if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to episode one, I would just request that I mean you don't you can do whatever you want. I'm not a dictator, but you guys I would say it would make more sense to go listen to episode one and then come back to this one and listen to it in chronological order. Um, so episode one we talked about a bunch of stuff. Episode two we're still not at the Real Madrid part yet, but there's enough in here. Um, I left off kind of saying that the Simeone cameo was great in episode one and I enjoyed it more in episode two because it starts off Matt by him saying uh, that it wasn't a yellow card he was laughing while he was saying it 
or sorry, it wasn't a red card. He was laughing while he was saying it, and he basically made it a point to say, I exaggerated a non-existent kick, which was an interesting perspective, I guess, how many years later? Uh, 25 or so? I don't know. What were your thoughts on that, that he came out and said that it wasn't a red card? Did you did, did that surprise you when he said that? Um, well, I mean, if you actually watch the incident, like, he doesn't really kick him that hard or with his studs. He just kind of lifts his leg up. Right. Uh, yeah. I think it was the act that actually Correct. just makes it look worse than it is. But I think he tempered it. And so, yeah, I actually agree with Simeone. And I'm not, I mean, Simeone, um, like, I think he's pretty reasonable about this and this whole situation over the years. And, um, I mean, he, I don't know if you've seen it in episode two, but it might be a spoiler. But, um, like, basically, he and Beckham um, reconcile. And, like, even when they play each other, uh the following swap season, like yeah, swap shirts and yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that was kind of like uh, finish the story and kind of show that they can both move on from it, and um, and you can tell that they both respect each other tremendously, and they're both, I mean, they're in ways they're kind of similar players in terms of just like their mentality and work ethic, uh, other like aesthetically very different playing style different but like just on the i think those two um traits they're actually kind of similar what do you think english fans felt english fans from 1998 who were basically destroyed and angry after that for a long time look back on this 25 years later and see the man who caused him so much pain laughing about it and saying, yeah, it wasn't a red card. Do you felt, do you think they would, I mean, enough time has passed that they wouldn't care and they would have found it funny too, or do you think they would have just been boiling inside that he was laughing about it? I don't know. I don't know. I think it depends on, um, I think you had to be an English fan in the moment and it depends on like how you felt and reacted to that moment like you would think with time heals all and so you would think that with the passage of time they could kind of agree with it laugh and move on but you know <laughs> i think we both know how some fans are and um probably there's a portion of fans that yeah probably got pretty livid seeing that i think it, it would have made me angry because i'm just kind of thinking of parallel hypotheticals so let's say um trying to think of a good example here that would hit close to home um like the pepe incident with danny alvis if danny alvis yeah laughed and like yeah 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 yeah, if i think about that i would yeah i'd probably be i'd probably be upset like i wouldn't be like ha 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 (laughs) yeah i i I don't think i would i would get over that one i'd be upset um so i think this is um again as i mentioned to you in episode one uh, a lot of this stuff was new to me because while I remember the red card, I was too young to really understand how much hate he was getting at the time. I mean, it's it's funny because in the documentary, they even state that 
he wasn't really even fully aware of how much they hated him until he went back to England from the U.S. Um, I got to admit, it kind of hurt me to see the entire country just turn on him like that in such a cruel, cruel, heartless manner that they just basically dehumanized him. Everything from the... Um, the doll that they hung up hanging him to the hate that his parents were getting, hate he was getting. Uh, it was just crazy to me that over a game we can lose our humanity in such a way on a mass scale over somebody making a mistake on the football field. Uh, clearly didn't feel good about it. And let's be honest, like, you know, in reflection, it was probably a harsh red card as well on top of that. The manager turning on him, adding fuel to the fire. And you and I are on the same page as this. I think you mentioned this as much in episode one. But, you know, like ever since becoming a father, I've always been a bit of an empath. But ever since becoming a father, my empathy has increased tremendously. And in that everyone who makes a mistake, I'll, I'll look at even as simple as like my waiter at a restaurant if he gets my food wrong. I think like, what if that's my son in 15 years and he makes a mistake? How would I want someone to treat him at the table? Like, I, I always think about like how I would want someone to treat my son. And it just kind of like hurt me to see him go through all that. And I couldn't believe how many people were reacting that way. I 100% agree. And I think like just to see the scale and magnitude of it, um, like it really hit home in the documentary. I think everyone's kind of heard about it. And even like for people like me who are obsessed with Beggar and like read about it and everything like that. But like just to see they had to dedicate a whole episode to it because it was that impactful on his life. And it was that just the magnitude and everything was 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 crazy. And so I think um, I think that's that's <clears throat> I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I couldn't get over it. And I think it clearly marked him. It clearly marks the family. Like it was a turning point in his life, but um, he, he's, it shows like you could have easily crumbled in that situation. And they talk about how like mental health wasn't really a thing back then. Mm. Um, and he didn't really have anyone to turn to. And uh, like he could have easily, easily crumbled, but instead he has his best season ever. And Manchester United go on with the trouble. So um, that's, I mean, I think that goes to tell you everything about the man. Even like, a, I mean, some of the stuff was ridiculous. I mean, you, the stupidity of some people. Like, you remember the, the West Ham fan that they showed? Because uh, I think one of the first games that they, they outlined, like one of the away games that Beckham had to go to was West Ham. And uh, they were saying in the dock, like, West Ham is one of the worst places for this kind of stuff. And there's a West Ham fan sitting there, standing there, and he's like, if we all had the gift that Beckham had to be a professional footballer, we would we would know how to stay on the field for ninety minutes. I'm like, what are you talking about? I hope that <laughs> I hope that guy like is watching this documentary now and is like so embarrassed about that moment. Uh, I really like I really wonder like because obviously this Beckham documentary is marketed to a lot of people. It's has a marketing machine behind it. I really hope like everyone in England is watching this from that time and thinking, yeah, maybe we overreacted. Like, imagine saying that 
if we had the gift of, that Beckham had, as if like to completely discredit the hard work that goes into becoming a footballer. And mind you, Beckham wasn't the most talented player either. He actually worked tremendously hard. He had like the Ronaldo effect to him. Like he would show up to training. He, he took his craft seriously and he worked hard at his skills, like corner kicks over and over again. Like how many times do you hit a corner? Does a normal person hit a corner a day? He was doing it like constantly all day. It just annoyed me that they discredited him like that. Uh, fans did anyway. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think, I think England, like the English fans, did they had an opportunity to show that they learned from it with the whole Wayne Rooney thing in 2006, mm. Cristiano. Um, and I think that was better. Like I think obviously he didn't get the same level of hate and just publicity and everything that that Beckham did because. Beckham and others, the coach at the time, um, I think it was Seth Gordon Erickson, like they all made sure that, hey, don't do the same thing you did to me, like protect him. So I think Beckham had to kind of be the scapegoat and the one that suffered all that abuse for others to, to learn from it. And I've even seen uh, Harry Maguire come out recently and talk about how Beckham actually has reached out to him, given like all the, the hate he gets for Manchester United and England and, um, and he said, like, it was just a really supportive phone call and mm. um, stuff like that. Well, I, I, I was, my mind kept going to the fact that Rashford and, and a couple others missed those penalties in the World Cup. Like, how much vitriol they got, you know? And this is, you know, present day. And I, I'm sure it wasn't easy for them either. Um, but I, I, you know... I'm not going to say it was easier for them or harder. I think it was hard for everybody. But Rio does bring up the point, like, you know, now there's a support system. Now on social media, there's, like, these huge campaigns, like, hey, lay off these guys. This is insane. Uh, whereas Beckham felt, you know, like he was dealing with that alone. I My mind also went to Vinicius, you know, with the, the racism and the abuse he suffered and and. I think a lot of people felt that he was alone, despite a lot of people standing up for him. Um, a lot of it was him kind of dealing with it himself. But back then, you know, that it wasn't like this, like it is now. Like there wasn't that kind of support system as that exists right now or that kind of empathy. Um, what did you come away thinking of Glenn Hoddle after all this? I, I did not, <laughs> after all this, I did not hold a high opinion of him. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's, literally coaching 101 and manager 101 and putting yourself for the player, protecting your players. Like it's just, he literally, he threw, forget coaching too, just like any facet of life, whether you're in business, a teacher, whatever it may be. Like you put your, when you lead a team and you organize a group, like it's, you're supposed to take responsibility and you're supposed to protect those behind you and kind of, he did not do that at all. And uh, I, I mean, I don't, I, it's hard to think of like, I guess Jose Mourinho is maybe another one that sometimes does this, but like so publicly out a player and a single player and just put like, give them to the wolves. Like I, it's hard to think of other examples of that. Just so, so blatant. Yeah, because especially like, okay, it was one thing to like call him out on off-field distractions or whatever. But like that moment, like to 
a World Cup, collective World Cup failure on a moment like that, it was. Uh, I, I came away thinking that Ganahado, I just didn't like him after this documentary. And I, I knew very little about him, but after the documentary, and, and I was like, and I, and I kept wondering, like, what's the relationship like now? And then you see comments from Victoria where she's like, he's not a man. He's, an, he's an, I forget what wording she used. Like, he's just an aging human or something, or an old, like, he didn't even refer, he's like, that's not a man. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, so obviously the relationship still is not great, understandably. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Um, the, uh, the th- something I really enjoyed that, that closed out episode two, Matt, was the storytelling on the Champions League final. Do you, what do you remember that in real time? Was that before your time? Yeah, that was before I got really into football. Yeah. Um, I remember living through it, but again, at that point, kind of more as a casual football fan, um, even though I, I watched, started watching in 98. By 99, I was kind of really not aware of how crazy that moment was until like maybe a few years later when you're watching highlights. Um I really like the storytelling of it, though. Everything from Beckham, like, they asked him, like, what was going through your mind? Because he was like, I gave everything I had. I had nothing left. They were about to be eliminated. Byron was about to lift the trophy. They weren't going to achieve the trouble. And they asked him, like, what he felt taking that corner. And he's like, I remember everything my dad would used to say. The, I, I would have to take the corner until I got it perfect. If I didn't get it perfect, I would have to hit it again and hit it again. And that was going through his mind. I like the way they set that up. Um, it was cool to hear the the cameos from Soulshire in that too. You have to like that. What really was a crazy, crazy moment. I don't know if we talk about it enough as we should, or maybe I just don't come across it enough because I'm a Real Madrid fan. Maybe in you know the Manchester United sphere, they talk about it as much as like we talk about Ramos's header. Like, how do you compare that moment? I just as a Madrid, you say you have to just tip your hat to the to remontada. Like it was insane that they came back and won it. Like they didn't just equalize and then take it into extra time. They somehow scored two goals at the end, 
which is crazy. Um, I remember hearing a story outside of this documentary that the guy who um, is in charge of like bringing out the trophy at the end of the game, he went in to get the trophy and then came out to present the trophy and was surprised that he's panning it to Manchester United instead of Bayern Munich. I don't know how accurate that was, but certainly like if you had to like, you know, step away for a second, you would be shocked to know that Manchester United had actually won it. Um, just like in terms of how crazy that moment was, even though maybe you don't remember it in real time, like what was your takeaway just like reliving that? Yeah, I agree with you. I think I'm surprised. It, it feels like it's not talked about that much. When mm. And again, maybe just you and I not being in the Manchester United sphere, maybe that's why. But it just feels like it should be talked about way more. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I mean, you could argue equivalent, if not greater than La Decima, because it was two goals in the, in the uh, dying minutes, extra time. Mm. Um, and I think that corner kick, like that whole narrative you talked about with the corner kick and practicing it with his dad time and time again, like I think that goes to show how, like I told my wife because she was watching it with me, I'm like that shows just like these little moments and like these little, you you would think nothing of, but it all adds up and it all comes together and like that defined a Champions League final for him and for Manchester United because of things he did years and years and years ago, just continually, continually, continually training. And like come 1999 in the 92nd or whatever, 93rd minute, he has to go take a corner kick and it's perfect. And right where it needs to be because of all this training he did so many years ago, like it's not happen chance. It's not Manchester United got lucky. Like they created that luck through, and Beckham created that luck through all the habits and the training and the work he put in years and years and years prior. And so, like, it's just, it's crazy to think about it like that. What did you think of um, Roy Keane's uh, appearance in this documentary and kind of the stuff he was saying? Do you remember much of it? Uh, I just, one Pat, one thing I remember is, like, and I don't know if this is, yeah, this was part of episode two, is, like, Basically, he said, like, well, Beckham was lucky he had teammates like us because insinuating and saying that, like, they'll take care of any other players on the other team that try and go after Beckham and try and go after and chant about Posh Spice and things like that. Like, I thought that was awesome. Like, I thought that was just total brotherhood, uh, total leader and captain. Like, Roy Keane, you know all the stories about him. You hear about, like, he was such an influential figure for that team. And, uh, he, uh, I, I just thought that statement was great. Yeah, I appreciated him. Um, he's he's a pretty polarizing figure, but you can't deny that he's very honest. And it kind of reminded me of like the Sergio Ramos, Fernando Hierro, like Pepe archetype that like Casemiro that. It, He's still like, no matter how good we play sometimes in present day, I still miss having a figure like that that would just take no nonsense from anyone and would just clock you and clean you out. I appreciated that um, that side of it. Um, when you look at this 
Manchester United team from that season in particular, 98-99, they won the treble. You remember how good that team was. And it's crazy to me that we knocked, like those two teams that played in the final that year, Manchester and Bayern Munich, the following season, Real Madrid knocked them both out and won the Champions League. And you look at that Manchester team and the names that are appearing in the documentary, like, holy shit, these guys were all on the same team. Paul Scholes, Roy Keane, David Beckham, uh, everyone from Solskjaer to Sheringham to Dwight York to Andy Cole and a bunch of players I'm probably forgetting about. Later on, you have um, other great players join that nucleus like Rio Ferdinand, Yapstam, Peter Schmeichel. It's a great team. The next season, we're fifth in La Liga. We're knocking them out through some unbelievable, just ridiculous magic from Redondo and Raul, Roberto Carlos. Pretty crazy that we just knocked both of these teams out the following season. That's that's the Real Madrid way, and I think <laughs> you'll see you'll see you'll I mean you'll see in the next few episodes like how Real Madrid is uh, portrayed and discussed, and even with like some of these other. Um, so with some of the other folks they bring in to interview and the Manchester United players and stuff like that, like it's you, you can, I mean, we know it and we understand it, but like it just even the football world gets it. Like, even if Real Madrid's in fifth place in La Liga, like it's Real Madrid. Do you, uh, I don't care if you spoil it, do they bring up the 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 Champions League encounter the following year, 98 or 99, yeah. 2000? They do, okay, yeah, yeah, that's like the first intro to it. Uh, to, yeah. And like, kind of the step because obviously the Ferguson Beckham boot incident, like everything, kind of leads up to all that, and so, um, and that's kind of perfect segue into his eventual Real Madrid career. So not not the two thousand three one, the ninety the ninety nine two thousand one that one. Oh, sorry, no, 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 the two thousand three one. Yeah, they don't bring up the ninety nine two thousand one. Um. I don't think so. What a shame. That's a they kind of skip like all his other years at Manchester United and just flash mm. forward to like 2003. Do they, do they talk about the Greece free kick? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> uh, okay. So it's probably fuzzy to you what episode is what at this point. Uh, it's clearer to me because I just only watch episode one and two. But is there anything else you wanted to conclude with? Um. Yeah. To your point, I'm trying to remember what's what's in what. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think we cover most of it. Yeah, Riamdra does not come up yet, really. Uh, yeah. The next, I, actually, yeah, I don't think it, you, the next two. Yeah, I actually don't part, think. Sorry. I actually don't think Riamdra is mentioned once in these first two episodes. I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. Can't remember. Uh, so, so for the next one. <laughs> You want to do episode three and four, or just do one more episode yeah. to conclude? Because like the last really, two. Real Madrid is real. Do th- let's do three and four because Real Madrid is really like you don't even have to watch all of episode four. It's just like a quarter of episode four. So it's like episode three and then a quarter of episode four. So you're saying it's we should three. do episode three and four together? Yeah, or separately? Together. You don't want me to watch the first 10 minutes of episode three and do do a podcast on that? <laughs> yeah. Break it down to 10 more segments? 
Okay, cool. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, so I'll watch episodes three and four. And, uh, you know, Ram Jara back to action this weekend versus Sevilla. So we might save it for next week. Uh, we won't, I don't know when we'll do, but we'll figure that out off air. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Matt and I have also done historical segments that include Beckham in the past. We've uh, relived previous games in the Beckham era and we've talked about it. So you guys can go listen to that. We've also done the Champions League final in 2000 in Paris versus Valencia, which is the season after this one where we both knocked out Manchester United and Bayern. We may have even done that Manchester United game. I don't know. But we've done a lot of Beckham talks, so you guys can also go and uh, listen to those older episodes as well. Matt, thanks, buddy. We'll catch you on the next one. Well, I'm going to talk to you this weekend after the Sevilla game, or? Yep. Yeah, yep. perfect. Sergio Ramos and Real Madrid reunite. There's also... um. A lot of good content on the website right now. Um, Mehedi wrote about uh, Ramos and Real Madrid reuniting this weekend and kind of some of the historical background setting it up. There's also a big article about Chabi Alonso from Sid, uh, and I also uh, dropped a huge tactical column today, um, tactical observations. So that's all on the website now in addition to the daily news. Go check it out. Uh, Matt, this was fun, man. Chat soon. Chat Saturday after the Sevilla game. Yep. Take care, buddy. Thanks, Ken. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.